Welcome back to your Daily Dose, it's me, Nick. This is another episode featuring Jim Hobart, where Bob and I dig back into his Legacy Life Project. There's more to it than this, but to put it simply, his team captures a person's story on video. Having watched some of them, I can tell you that they are heartfelt and genuine and amazing. You can also tell what a good interviewer Jim is because he kept turning the tables on Bob and me, giving us questions to answer. Enjoy. My question is the Legacy Life Project. Who would you put into that position? Who would you have as a subject for that? Oh, do they have to be alive now? I was thinking that because like both my grandfathers for sure. And they're both gone. I would love to go back in time and hear their stories about coming to Canada. My dad, more my grandfather on my dad's side worked on one of the pipelines to try to get enough money to bring his family over. My other grandfather was a baker and I don't know anything or know very little about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, well, if it, if they don't have to be alive now, it would probably be my mom. Just because we lost her at age 62, mm. and I'm getting my family history through my dad right now, who's, who is still with us, but I can see how skewed this history is. Yeah. He's the hero of every story that, that he tells, wow. and you know, so yeah. it's, I, I would love to have the counterbalance of that to get a whole picture yeah. of, of that situation. You know? And I know, you know this was inspired by uh, your, your loss of your dad and your realization of something really valuable that, that could have yep. happened. But now in your life, I mean, you have this power. Obviously, you would have to have someone that you work with, interview if they're intimate in your life. But who would you, in your existing life now, choose to apply your own magic to? Well, you know, I don't mean this to be a cop-out, but the beauty of this thing is I get to do this over and over and over again. And everyone has a story. This is the crazy thing. As I go in, and I'm armed with some information, but I come out feeling like I've just met a new friend and this friend might be 60 or 70 or 80. But like, I know more about that person at the end of that interview than most of their family does, than all of their friends do. You know, it's like I'm being allowed a glimpse into something that very few people get to see. Mm. But maybe if I could turn this around on you guys, if I could ask you to help me, if you, your your, uh, grandfathers and your mom what would you ask them? What would you want me to ask them if I were interviewing them? What do you want to know? Mm. So for my grandfathers, it would definitely be that experience of after the war, trying to get out of Greece because it wasn't a great place to be. Um, it was just uh, completely devastated by the occupation. Yeah. It was bad. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to make a better place for their family. And so coming over, uh, the you know, my... Uh, impression of the story is they applied to three places, the U.S., Australia, and Canada, mm-hmm. and Canada was the first to accept them. So they were like, yes, Canada. Don't know anything about it. There's snow? Great. Montreal? <laughs> they speak French? <laughs> Wonderful. There's no Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you, did they move to Toronto? Is that uh, where no, they no, no, Montreal. Montreal. Yeah. Right, right, right. And Bob? Uh, I would want to know about my mother being pregnant six times. And raising six kids and doing that half of the time without my father being present at all. I've heard stories from my father of my mother being institutionalized in an inpatient mental health hospital while she was pregnant with me, which I think explains a lot to the people who know me. (laughs) But I would love to explore Mm. how she managed to keep it together um, with 
all these different personalities because my family is full of strong personalities mm -hmm. and I would like to I would like to have more perspective on that because she was pregnant at 19 and kept going until she was in her 40s and you know produced six amazing human beings I, I love my sibs like nobody's business but I, mm -hmm. I want some insight into that what, what, what question would you be asking well you know what what kind of started my journey down this capturing people's stories happened way before my dad um, passed it was the it was October of 2001 so a month after 9-11 when flights just started I went to England I had this flight scheduled and fortunately flights international flights had opened up again by the time I went but it was a weird spooky time to be flying I borrowed a friend's handycam you remember the kind that had the tape in it that was like a little mini cassette that you yes. stuck in it and it was Mark Collins um, little Sony camera and um, I had taken it with me just to show my friends back here what England looked like. I was going to do some, you know, video of some places. And um, I was sitting with my Aunt Hillary, who was my grandmother's oldest daughter, my, my dad's sister. And um, she had started to tell me about what World War II was like in London. She was nine when the war started. My dad was born the year the war started, but she was nine. She was his older sister. And she and her younger brother, my, my uncle Adrian, were quite a bit older than my dad, and so the two of them would go to school. But after a night raid, and the city was craters and water spewing out, and houses, it piles of bricks and stuff, the two of them before school would take my grandmother's knitting basket, which is a big basket with two handles on it, and they'd each take a handle, and they'd walk around the neighborhood and pick up pieces of shrapnel, German bomb casings, and put them in the basket, and it was especially good if you got a piece with some German writing on it, and they would take them to the block captain because this was all evidence and, and necessary for the war effort to figure out what the Germans were using. So they would do this every day before school. And she started to tell me this story and I went, wait a minute, hold on a second. I ran upstairs to my suitcase and I grabbed my handycam and stack it on a pile of books on the coffee table, pointed it at her and hit record and said, tell me the stories. And that's where this all started. Dude, this was in 2001. Amazing. 22 years ago, yeah. 21 years ago. Yep. Holy cow. Yep. And I still have those. These tapes are now digital. And I have those recordings of my aunt and my grandmother, who I did a few weeks after that in England. And within two years, I had attended both their funerals. And I realized I was the only one who had their stories recorded. And it's sort of like... What a treasure. So, yeah. So this is what the genesis of this is 20 years in the making. Incredible. It's, it's, yeah. Well, and think about it now. You have a, built a life of saying, oh, wait, I have to capture that. Okay. I mean, you, yeah. you, you built a, a whole skill system of knowing what's, cal what's capturable and what maybe you could just leave behind. And it's amazing to me how it's evolved yeah. from still photography and images to... And hunting humans. <laughs> yep. Yep. Capturing them. Yep. Yeah, and, and I have this feeling oftentimes I'll be sitting and talking with someone and like today I'm so glad this recording, this, this conversation is recorded because how many times are we sitting at a table having a brilliant conversation with someone and going, oh, I wish I'd recorded this. Yep. I know someone who really should hear this or everybody would wish they'd heard this. So I guess I'm just in this habit now of just trying to capture as much as I can. Mm -hmm. And now we have the capabilities, right? We have almost endless amounts of memory space on cameras and right. on hard drive and on the cloud. So why aren't we capturing more of it, you know? And, um, so you can get like a Borg implant and then just and know everything. everything from your know everything that ever happens. Okay, have you seen the new Batman? No. Okay, it's an actual 
tool that he has, the, the coolest part of the whole movie, actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, contact lenses that record everything he sees so that he can go back. Wow. He can glance at a crime scene, right? Look around it and then go back to the back cave and upload everything he saw and zoom in and parse out. And wow. I just thought, this is yeah, right. I like that. Because it makes you feel smarter than you are or it makes you <laughs> appear smarter it's than like you are. It's like photographic memory yeah, that you like, can Yeah, like I'm going to run through this book. Okay, I'll get you a book report tomorrow. Yeah. Exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Honestly, every, yes. time, I, every yes. time I come up with a mind-blowing concept, Nick finds the shallowest possible <laughs> use for that mind-blowing thing. It's just it's pure magic. <laughs> it's a gift. It it's, a, it's a compliment. It's a, a gift. gift he thank has you. Well, thank you for asking hey. uh, about it. It's, it's, a, it's a passion project. If I could charge nothing and just do this for the rest of my life, I would. Honestly, I mean that. I love doing it so much. So, so the more of it I can do, you know, the, the, the better we can make our prices. And, the, and the, I, I'm just ex- so excited about trying to turn this passion into a thing that's repeatable and, and expandable and scalable, as they like the tech bros like to call it. What about for like fact checking wise? Because my dad, I'd love to do it for my dad, <laughs> but he will lie about a lot of stories. You know what? If he believes it to be true, all I'm capturing is what the... the I'm ch- it's not so much about the stories even. I, and I, I sound like I'm contradicting myself here, but the things you miss are the mannerisms and the cadence and the word choice and the idiosyncrasies and the expressions and the, the little things that are sort of mundane and ordinary. The content is almost secondary. I feel to the the little phrases they use because that's what you miss is that that little thing they do when they're talking or that little chuckle that is like yeah that's what I need you know the I love that you just separated those two out I think for my own life I mean this concept of look what we're really trying to capture isn't the stories it's the storytellers you know right and 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 if we get some stories in the process that's fantastic you know but yeah. i was just thinking about your dad nick and it's like we it's like my dad too when i'm talking about my dad you know telling the story from his perspective but when he's gone that's exactly what i'll miss i'll miss his yeah. way i'll probably forget all of his sins but but i'll miss sure. the person who brought that to life in that very yeah. unique way so I, I like that differentiation yeah listening to my dad talk about the 1966 world cup and when England won it, thank you, the one and only time, um, he was there, you know, he was actually in the stadium, but it was, you know, 66 was the year I was born, so he was obviously an adult, and it meant so much to the, the entire English. It, it's not about the score or about what happened that day. It's about how the country felt. Mm. That was it. I love it. Thank you. Hey, gang, it's Bob. It's been such an amazing week with our friend Jim Hobart. I could listen to his stories all day long. Nick and I are super grateful to him for sharing his time and his gifts with us and with our listeners. If you want to know more about our buddy Jim, please check out his website for College Park Gallery at collegeparkgallery.com. His local love foundation can be found at localloveorlando.com. And his Legacy Life Project can be found at legacylifeproject.com. Thank you, Jim Hobart, and thank you, dear listener. We'll catch you next time.